when we point out mistakes to someone, we are not helping them improve. Our thought process is that if I tell you what you did wrong, you will automatically begin to do other things right, more right. It just doesn't work that way in the brain. Hi, and you just entered the Leadership Gym. I'm Randy Hall, I'm an executive coach and leadership consultant, and this is the place where we work on our ability to lead our team, lead our business, and yes, lead ourselves. If you are looking to improve your capabilities as a leader, you are in the right spot. What we're doing now is sort of connecting a couple of episodes together, so I'm excited about this bigger, longer conversation about how we interact with people to help them get better. And so this episode and our last episode will connect very tightly. What we're doing is sort of just putting building blocks in place for how we think about we as coaches, managers, leaders, deliver information to others in ways that actually helps them improve rather than maybe deflect or defend themselves against our feedback or write it off or feel like it wasn't valuable or all the things that can happen with feedback that actually get in the way of us being able to have positive impact on another human. And so we're, we're connecting a couple of concepts here. We're trying to give you some steps, detailed steps, around each one so that you begin to build a process for yourself for how you deliver feedback well, rather than do what comes natural, feels normal, is comfortable, or what you did yesterday. Because all of these things can get in our way as we deliver feedback. We end up delivering feedback because of what we think that other person should know or what we think that other person should do or what we simply need to announce to them that we've noticed. And so we want to do better than that as leaders because those things don't often help people improve all that much, despite our belief that the wonderful ideas that we've shared with them and the incredible wisdom that we have put right in front of them that they should take, consume, and use uh, exceptionally well because clearly it was brilliance from us. Uh, we do feel that way sometimes. It's just that if we act that way sometimes, we find that we didn't help much, don't get the results we want, or that we could have gotten better results if we'd have taken our game to the next level relative to feedback. And so that's just a little bit of a precursor here as you think about pulling these two episodes together. Be a little bit of overlap just so we make sure that each one stands alone and has its own context. But listening to them together, I think, can help you build the right kind of process for yourself for how you deliver feedback or at least make some headway in that direction. There's lots to learn about coaching and, and the, the organized fashion in which we can do it that takes the guesswork out, that connects with the neuroscience associated with the human brain and how it works and gets us better results. So I'm going to put it right out there. We don't learn from our mistakes. There, I said it. We do not learn from our mistakes. Humans don't learn from what they did wrong. I'm not saying that we, we failed to learn because we made a mistake and that maybe we do things differently because of that failure in our world. Maybe we don't repeat it because of the event. 
So I'm not saying that. I am saying that the actual learning that humans have does not come from the mistakes. Our brain simply does not work that way. When we point out mistakes to someone, we are not helping them improve. Now, this is really counterintuitive. I've actually been in workshops where we've talked about this concept a little bit and had people sort of stop me in the middle of the conversation and say, wait, what do you mean? What, what do you, when we make a mistake, we learn from that. And I want us to think about this because there's a tendency to sort of ha have a knee-jerk reaction and push back and say, of course we learn from our mistakes. When I do something and it hurts and it's wrong and it didn't get the results I want, I stop doing it. And so I want to separate these a little bit. And I'm going to go into some examples and some detail to help you do this. But when we point out mistakes to someone, we are not helping them improve. Our thought process is that if I tell you what you did wrong, you will automatically begin to do other things right, more right. It just doesn't work that way in the brain. And so what we want to do is shift the way we interact with people in ways that, that do work. So let me, let me talk you through a couple examples. Stay with me, even if you do feel an impulse right now to say, that's not true. Uh, I need to tell people what they're doing wrong so that they can be better. If we believe that, stick with me. And if you still feel that way at the end, go to leadershipgym.com forward slash 13 and leave some comments there because the discussion is important too. So let me share some information with you and have you think about it in a way that connects best with what you want to do next because that's what's important here. Okay, so I'm going to share with you why we don't learn from mistakes, and we'll talk a little bit about that. I'm going to briefly touch on why our hardwiring as humans makes us focus on them anyway. I covered this in a little bit of detail in, in 12, episode 12, so this is where these things connect a little bit. And I'm going to help you improve your ability to help others actually improve their performance uh, by, by giving you just a couple of things that you can do that make that happen. I don't, how many steps do I have today? I'm actually taking a look at, at my outline here to say, oh, it's three steps. Imagine that. If you listen to 12, I went on a little bit about how things tend to turn into three steps. And, and guess what? Today we have, uh, we have three steps. <laughs> okay, so th there's going to be that. There's also something else I want you to do really quickly after this, this episode's finished or pause it and go do it now if you're at your computer. But we have a video for you that is completely free that will help you sort of think about feedback differently as well as these episodes, but also some new information that, that we actually haven't shared here yet. And you can find it at leadershipgym.com forward slash feedback. And it's a relatively short video. If you go there, we'll talk a little bit in more detail about how the human brain works, the things that cause people to move forward and not resist feedback, and ways that you can structure it. Uh, so that people connect with it more quickly. We're going to talk about that a little bit here, but in that video, we actually go into some depth around how, what's going on in their brain and how learning actually happens there too. So it will round out some thinking for you. It will certainly give you a foundational picture for how feedback should be delivered in a, a context that connects with what we're talking about here, but has actually some additional information and detail. So go check that out. Okay, so common statement out there that we learn from our mistakes. We, we talk about that a lot. We hear that a lot. You learn from your mistakes uh, that 
that when we're aware that we're getting poor results, that we then take that information and use it to get better results. That's kind of the, the bigger picture of we learn from our mistakes. You know, there's even an old story out there about Thomas Edison, and, and you may have heard it, and I've certainly used it as I've worked with people before, but there's the urban legend. I haven't checked to see if it's actually true, but the story goes that someone asked him, you know, after years of working on the light bulb, why do you keep working on that thing? You've tried thousands of, of ways to make a light bulb and you still haven't made a light bulb. I mean, by all intents and purposes, that feels like failure to us. I'm sure they didn't say those words. And he essentially replied something like, hey, I've just found a thousand ways that the light bulb won't work. And that gets me closer to the way that it will. And it's a, it's a pretty interesting statement about not giving up, about continuing to work through failure and adversity on the path to finding something better, something that does work, something that finally, it, through the process of elimination sometimes, shows up for us and allows us to make a big breakthrough. And that's a great message. That's a, a great story. The theory in it is if you keep finding ways that you fail, you will eventually find a way that does, of course, work. And we want to build resilient teams, resilient people, people that are able to push through failures and challenges, even a string of failures. And, of course, we want people to learn and improve based on the results they get. And some of those results can be negative. Some of those results can be failures. But here's the truth about actual human learning. It doesn't come from the mistake. It comes from what we do next after the mistake. And that may seem like a little bit of semantics here. Oh, you just tricked me. You said we didn't learn from our failures or learn from our mistakes. But we do because of what we do next. And so you're just changing that a little bit. This is bigger than it feels like with the words here because... Often as leaders, we spend our time talking about the mistake. We talk about here's what you did wrong and here's why this didn't work and here's where the struggle was and if you'd changed this, it would have made a bigger difference and here's the thing you did wrong. Here's the mistake you made. What we don't do is help them connect to new ideas or next things to try as they begin to put a mental map together for how to do this well, we may tell them some things. Well, if you do this next time, it'll be better. We have to understand that telling them things and having them build a map for it in their brain are very, very different, right? So we've got to understand that as we, we build out our feedback. And also, any time we actually spend on the mistake takes away from the value of the time we could be spending on what they do next because that's where the brain grows. It doesn't grow in the analysis of the mistake itself. It happens when we connect new ideas or next things to try to the map of a task that we already have. And yes, we eliminate one thing from the map if we talk about the mistake. We are able to take some things away from their map as the mistake. But this is really big if you're a manager or a leader charged with helping someone improve and you spend your time talking about the mistake itself rather than how they transform the map of what they want to do next because of the mistake. That's where all the magic happens. 
that's where people actually get better. Finding the small successes in the failure is where we want to spend our time. That is the thing that we can move forward with. So let me do this. Let me lay out a couple of examples here that, that might put this in context a little bit because it is a little bit of a nuanced thing and it is sometimes in the details here that we get our learning. Let's start with just thinking about something where we're teaching somebody fundamentals. The first I'll use is just teaching a kid to hit a ball with a bat. And if you've ever done that or you've ever done any coaching around youth sports or any of those things or anybody that's starting with something brand new, you know, you can start with all these fundamentals. Here's how you place your feet. Here's how you stand. Here's how you grip the bat. Here's the, the motion in your swing. Here's where you want to start it. Here's how you want to think about it. So we'll, we'll try to give them all these fundamentals, right? And we try to also connect for them to the, the reason they want to hit the ball. If we're good at this as a coach, we're also, you know, they may be thinking in their mind, hey, you know, if I can learn to do this skill, whatever it is, hitting a ball or anything, well, I can make it to the big leagues or the Olympics or at least not endure the pain of walking back to the bench after strikeout after strikeout. I might better hit a home run. So they've got all these things going on in their their brain and we're trying to get them a foundation where they can get to some of them. So we teach them the fundamentals and then they start to practice those fundamentals. Now in baseball we would do something called soft toss. Anybody who's ever coached uh, people at things like that there's probably some mechanism of way that you get them to practice the fundamentals a little bit and so I, all we're, we're sitting to the side of them and tossing a baseball up and letting them take a swing at it or sometimes it's even just a plastic wiffle ball. But we're starting to let them practice with the fundamentals we taught them. Okay, so we're out of the way of the swing of the bat. They're taking cuts at the ball. And at first, what normally happens is they miss, and they miss, and they miss. We're not focusing on the miss here. They miss, they miss. They've learned at this point absolutely nothing. They've learned how to miss a ball. Learning how to miss a ball did not, in fact, help them learn how to hit a ball. <laughs> and so we, we do this in business, though. We think that... If we talk about the miss, if we focus on the miss, we'll pull something out of that, right? Now, we may be saying to them, hey, that was a good cut. We may be saying, hey, good hand position. We may be doing those things to reinforce them. But those are the small successes in the failure. Understand that component there. And then as you're doing this, there is sometimes this magical moment when they get a little piece. They get a little piece of that ball. They, they clip it. They, they foul it off. They get a little tip. They drive it into the dirt, but they make a connection. They connect with the ball. It usually doesn't go anywhere. It's not like it was a good shot, but they're making connection. It certainly, look, even that would be considered a failure if they did it at the plate, right? Just a little tink, a little tip on the ball. Nobody would say, well, that's a great hitter, right? So that could even be considered a failure in a real game. But in this moment, they've put another piece of this puzzle together for themselves in their brain. They have actually connected a set of neurons that might say something like, oh, wait, I saw the ball that time. I saw it a little clearer. I saw it a little differently. I kept my eye on it. 
I didn't think about my swing. I thought about the ball. Whatever picture of that little tiny win they get, whatever set of things that they can build in their brain to form a really clear mental map for how to do this well has just happened because of that little tiny tip on the ball. It is a true magic moment in learning. They learned nothing from the misses. They learned so much from that one little tip. They now have a picture of some degree of success in their brain, and now they can build on that. Okay, tip it again, tip it again, tip it again. Get a little more contact. You'll watch a kid do this as you're throwing the ball. They'll get a couple of tips, and then all of a sudden, they'll get a little more contact. And eventually, as you keep doing this kind of practice, they get more consistent and more solid. Now, I'm not suggesting that this is how we teach everything to all of our people in business. I am suggesting that we understand that performance improvement happens when we have little successes happen and we focus on the mental map we created and reproducing that process and continuing to build on it. And none of that is connected to the misses. Let's take riding a bike, something else like that that most people have experienced. We hold the seat for a little while. We're, we're trying to help someone ride the bike. We let go and they fall over. And maybe at first they only go three feet, then they go 10 feet, then they go half a block. And maybe sometimes they quit and just run screaming inside and say, I need a Band-Aid. Uh, this didn't work. That happens too. Again, not learning anything in that moment. Not learning anything when we talk about the fall. What we know is that what they do next when they get back on the bike is where the learning happens. What they do because of the fall, but they learned nothing from falling. So when they get back on, it's, hey, I got to pedal a little faster. I got to steer a little different. I can go a little further. I think I can do this well if I try this new thing. That's where the brain builds new branches onto its mental map, its web of interconnected thoughts, ideas, and motions. It doesn't matter whether this is a physical thing or a mental thing. This can be how my next set of, of project planning uh, tools happen for me. This can be how I change the spreadsheet. This can be how I show up at a meeting. It doesn't matter whether it's physical or mental. We treat those things the same way. There's really no such thing as muscle memory. It's actually in your brain, but it's connected to motor neurons, and so it feels like your muscles actually remember. The brain remembers. It's just moving the muscles for you, and we're making the same thing happen just around a non-physical thing. So then they go half a block, and then they begin to put that map together for how they ride a bike, and pretty soon they're riding all over the neighborhood. Scientists use neural imaging techniques that have verified this for us. We learn as we build on neural networks that we've based on what works for us and gives us successes. It's how learning happens in humans. Find a small success, then incrementally improve it until we have a fully successful process. Notice that that's a bit in contrast with what I talked about that many of us do as humans. We point out the failures. We talk about what's broken, what's not working, what didn't happen well, what people did wrong. Our thought might be that if we tell them a thousand things they're doing wrong, they will figure out the one thing they're doing right, kind of like the light bulb scenario. It just doesn't work that way. We also might have the thought that says, hey, I told them how to make the light bulb. I told them exactly what to do. I told them to get on and pedal better and steer without falling over and 
keep their head up. I told them those things. I told them to watch the ball. I told them to s- swing smoothly. I told them to step into their swing. I told them to lead with their hips. I might have told them all sorts of stuff that they didn't do until they had a little success and they started to connect it in a way that felt right for them and then got them some results. That's the brain building a whole map of those things, despite the fact that we threw a thousand pieces of information at them that the brain actually can't process into a mental map. It can only process into a possibility till they actually do the thing. Then the mental map starts to form till they build on the success they had. It'd be kind of like if we told a kid to ride a bike and wondered why they didn't go for miles on the first try, even after our amazing instructions. They don't have a mental map. They have foundational information, which is great to give somebody a start. And now they have to build on it by connecting new ideas, new little bits of success to it. So in episode 12, we talked a little bit about why we as humans and managers and leaders, if we're human, focus on the stuff that's broken. Like we do that because it's an evolutionary thing and we can't really change it. So go back and listen to that because I go into some detail there. We are not suited well to finding what people are doing right and helping them focus on that to do more right things. We're just not built that way as humans. We have to do it as a matter of conscious choice and put a plan in in place for ourselves. And so let's do that. Step one is plan for an analysis of the wins. We touched on this again briefly in 12.2, but we want to make sure we ask questions of people. What's going well? What did we learn? What do we know more about than we did? What were our takeaways? Where did we find some small successes? Because we will find little tiny successes before we find big ones. And that's where the gold lives. That's where the magic is. That's when we tip the ball. We want to have a plan for identifying next steps. The next set of questions we want to ask to our team or our people, okay, because of that, because of that little win, because of that thing that we did well, what do you want to do next? How do you want to incorporate more of this? What have you now discovered that's important for us to to care about differently or to prioritize differently? I got to know now what the next steps are. Because that's where that mental map, that's where the kid thinks, hey, I think I can hit this better if I keep my eye on the ball more. That's the thing that I feel like is working for me. Let me double down on it and see if I can get a few more tips. That's what we're trying to do with people. And we want to plan, step three, we want to plan for helping people focus on the specifics of their improvements. And I talked about this in feedback in 12.2. We have to now be specific and help them understand the specifics of what's causing the good successes, not just what we noticed, which was kind of what we think about in 12. What what did I notice that you did well? And let me give you specifics. I want them to say, okay, what helped you get the win? What are the things that you did that if you repeat them, you think you will get more wins? Now, that's a little different from step two, which is what's your plan because of this. But we have to reinforce and you could maybe flip these steps, but we have to reinforce that we got to do all three of them, that we have to to let them hone in on the things they think they did that actually caused some improvement. Look, we can expect ourselves to show up as leaders for others well when we build a set of tools and processes that we use 
We can't expect ourselves to show up at our best if we're just hoping we do or relying on our own experience or not learning ourselves from little successes. We're no different than the people we're trying to develop and lead in terms of how our brains work. And so we have to consider new approaches, test them, learn from our little wins and improve them as we go until we get some consistent hits ourselves. Then we begin to move toward mastery, which is, or I can make this happen for any human anytime, just about. I could cause them to be better than they were before our conversation. Hey, if you like the information that you're getting here, please subscribe to our podcast and and give us a review if you can. I, I say this a lot, I hope we are earning five star reviews. If you have feedback or want to share your thoughts about it, please go to leadershipgym.com forward slash 13 for this episode and share any thoughts that you have there. Don't want you to miss an episode here, and that's why the subscription is important. And also, I want more leaders to hear this and think about this information. This is not about me giving instructions for people how to lead well. It is about me tossing out ideas and possibilities and things that I have seen work for some amazing leaders so that people have more insights, explore their own growth and improvement, and become the kind of leader they want to be. I want you to become the kind of leader you want to be through the consistent sort of review of this information and exploring how you think about it. That's how we get there. Now, go try some new things. Go help some people get some wins and go make a difference. Mm -hmm.